W.L. Sassy? Have you ever, have you ever listened to a YouTube video? No. What, what were you trying to emulate? Was it a YouTuber? No. Okay. It's my own brand. I'm into branding now. What are we branding as? What up? Follower. Cool, laid back, chill. Okay. Fun. Yep. Approachable. I, okay. So far, so good. But, but still slightly unapproachable. Okay. Because we, we're, we're superstars. Gotcha. So we're like friendly, but aggressively so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and our followers are called sassies. Sassy pants. They're called sassy pants. And they wear sassy pants. You're saying it as if, like, we have, like, a fandom. We do. Oh, I see. this vision that I have here. Gotcha. Yeah. When we've already made it big. Yeah. More so than we already have. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh. This is different. (laughs) And I'm going to leave this all in. Great. Yeah. That's great. Um, well, welcome to We Like Stuff, and, and so, so should you. A podcast where we talk about things that we like, and we hope that you will also enjoy these things that we talk about. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, this is a radio show. Broadcasting through the facilities of Trend Radio. 92.7 CFFFM. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. My name is Melissa. And this is Brendo. Yeah. And together, okay. we're Meldo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like the energy in our apartment tonight. Our followers are called Melba Bread and Melba Toast. Yeah. I wanted it to be bread. Bread. <laughs> anyway, Brennan and I have got a lot of followings, if you can't tell, from this. This conversation that we're having right now. Yeah. You know what? This conversation is something I like. And that's the name of our game. Whoops. That's the name of our game, as this show we talk about things that we like, and we literally just hope you like it too. Worth checking out. It's just, just good to, just good vibes. Except for the weird vibes we've started with. Yeah, we wasted a lot of time already. <sighs> I, well, I wouldn't say wasted. Yeah, I'll, we don't I'll waste retract. time together. No, yeah. we spend time. Yeah. I call it a spender rooney when we spend time together and uh, hold hands and uh, eat bologna. Melissa, when was the last time you ate bologna? Tell me right now. I don't know. Think back. I don't know. It's making me feel sick thinking about it. <laughs> what? Trying to figure out what... No, I don't like bologna. It, it's making me feel gross. I used to like it as a kid, but now I think back to the taste of it, and it makes me feel like... It's just like weird me. I, I'm really curious as to what... Like, who decided that was the process to do that? Bologna has a first name. It's O-S-E-A-R. You know that song? Yeah. 
you know the rest of the song? I forget. Okay. B O L O G N A. Is that how you spell Bologna? Yeah. It's Bologna. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Bologna. So, how about we actually get the show started? Sure. What's your little like? Um. Oh, no. I just had it. I had one. I was thinking about it. It's Bologna? No. The way that Bologna is spelled. Oh, yeah. So, no. <laughs> oh, well, actually, I wonder what language baloney comes from that it's spelled Latin. that. No. Yeah. I don't believe you. It does. No, oh, okay. From the Latin blogness. And that means? Mystery meat. <laughs> okay. Um... Yeah, I was just gonna. <laughs> I was just gonna talk about like like I, I I think I brought this up before. I swear, I promise, we are not sponsored by anybody. Um, but we've been getting HelloFresh for quite some time, and it's kind of like given us pointers and ideas on how to cook stuff. Um, it's given us lots of yummy meals, and. Today, Melissa made a little dish that was similar to a dish that we had because she remembered about it, and it was really good. I really liked it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I really liked the dinner. lamb ragu with ricotta clouds. Sure. That's Uh, like the recipe. I know, I know. Ricotta's really good, though, and it was really good. You, like, bake it in the oven for, like, a little bit to get everything all melty. It was really tasty. Yeah. What about you? My little like... Is it bologna? No. Keep going. I don't have anything else. That was, that oh. was my question. I thought you were going to say, is it the way that bologna is spelled? No. I'm... Because yes, it is that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. That's your, that's, that's the little no, one. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I do like the way that bologna is spelled. It I is think very wild. It's, it's so funny. I also like that it's from the Latin bologonus for mystery meat. Yes. Um, look it up. It's true fact. Um, you know what? Look it up. It was one of Julius Caesar's favorite meals. Bologonus brunch. Okay. Um, that's actually why Brutus... Stabbed him the se- yeah. what seventeen times? Yeah, because he was like, "This is for all the times you stole my blogness sandwich. I labeled it with my name in the ice box, Caesar. You were supposed to eat the salad named after you, and you ate the blogness, blogness Brutus." Anyway, this has gone into a weird place. I'm yeah, what is happening, Melissa? I don't know. I'm tired, and it comes out in weird ways. I've been very busy, and I didn't sleep very well last night. So here I am. Ooh, I'm a little bit loopy. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you've been like this for a while. Yeah, I guess my other little like would have to be... Well, it would just have to be. Okay, I don't know what you're capybaras. about. Capybaras. That's fair. Capybaras. I love are capybaras. They're natural mothers, so whenever like zoos have issues, they just give like little animals to capybaras, and they just oh. so like little baby crocodiles and like ducks. No. And stuff. 
Oh. Yeah, no, the crocodiles are fine though. Because... They bite. No, they don't. They snap. <laughs> I don't like crocodiles. They scare me a lot. Oh, like, I see. Out of any animal, I feel like crocodiles scare me the most. Why? I just find them terrifying because they like lie in the water. Your innate and, fear of dinosaurs has and, manifested. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just like this thing about them where they're so fast in the water, but they're also really fast on land. Yeah, they're surprisingly fast. They and, like sprint. And their jaw is so strong. Yeah. And they hide so well in the swampy waters that you would never see them. And I feel like they're way more aggressive because they're like more territorial than like a shark or something. Like mm. I'm not afraid of a shark. I'm afraid of an alligator. I they see. Freak me out. I feel like they chase people. Like they're spooky. Anyway. That's fair. Um, so I know you were talking about capybaras. So bologna sausage yeah. is derived from mortadella. A similar-looking, finely ground pork sausage containing cubes of fat, originally from the Italian city of Bologna. Bologna. Let's hold on. Let's see what this sounds like. Bologna. <laughs> That's not real. Yes. Who did that? Hold on. Wait. wait. Oh wait. Is it not gonna say do it again? Hold on. Wait. Wait. Bologna. What? Bologna. Uh, that, that is how you say it, though. That's fair. I didn't realize it was a sausage. That messes me up. That's gross. Of course it's a sausage. How did you not know that? There's no sausage that's that big. Hey, Brandon, you know what? I wasn't entirely wrong, okay? Bologna is in Italy. You know what else is in Italy? Rome. And you know who else was in Rome? Julius Caesar. And you know what he ate? Bologna sausage. I see. Yeah. So. I'm pretty done with this. You're done with it? Yeah. Can we listen to it one more time? Oh, absolutely, yes. Hold on. Bologna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, frick. I can't believe that. Like, I, I cannot. It's just, there's nothing wrong with the pronunciation. It's, the per, it's like the person was dying. <laughs> While they said that, they were like, they were like, we gotta get out this one. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, just pull the plug already. And they're like, we, we, you're under contract. You have to say it. And he was just like, Bologna. <laughs> <laughs> but he also had like a but like. It, he huh. just sounds like the most bored person. Yeah, that's it. Almost it almost sounds like he had just read five thousand words, like for one of his <laughs> things. Like this was his five thousand and one word that he had to read. For Wikipedia, and he was just like, "Come the, on, I'm, guys! I'm I gotta say Bologna." <laughs> and he was just like, so like, "What accent should I use?" They're like, <laughs> freestyle. Because I don't, because <laughs> I don't know enough about Italian accents, but I don't know if that sounds Italian. It probably does. It just seems so foreign to me. <laughs> uh, I don't remember who went, for, uh, who goes first, because it's been quite a while. Because um, I started placement, you've been teaching. Um, I had to get like five assignments in in two weeks, and then this week I started placement for for teaching. So, do you want to go first? Mm, you go. Okay. Um, coincidentally, your uh, first thing is Bologna. Uh, my first thing is teaching. Teaching. Yeah. Brandon, 
the teacher is here. Yeah, so my, my first placement right now is in a school like half an hour away. So the drive isn't too bad. They start at like 8.45. So um, like I basically just have to wake up at 7 and I'm fine. No. 8.45, yeah, and I'm supposed to be there half an hour early, so I have to be there by 8, like, 15. So I wake up at 7, and I show up. And, I don't know, I really lucked out. I've been listening, well, I've been reading the, the chat that um, the, the first-year intermediate senior students have for uh, The Bachelor of Ed and Trent. And there's so many, like, basically just, like, horror stories, relatively. Like, one person was... Uh, what? Just be careful, because you don't want... Oh, no, I know. Well, I'm just saying, like, one person was, like, has so much, uh, like, uh, like, uh, they were given so much work to do, like, so, like, teaching, like, so many classes when that's not the expectation, or, um, uh, this other person was just given, like, basically, they, they were just, like, offloaded all the marking that this one teacher had to do, and, like, because we're intermediate senior, that marking, I don't, I, like, I didn't ask what like grade they were in but if it's like grade 11 or 12 like that's it if it's like 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 any kind of literacy like english or or history it's like that's the rest of their life that's their placement um if it takes someone six weeks to mark something no like, like but if they are keep <laughs> uh, if they're kept uh sorry keep given uh, like yeah. marking to do then that's that's a nightmare yeah um and like the the requirements like if people want to do more that's a different story like kudos to them um, but our requirements by the end of the placement is to do 50% of the teaching so for me I'm in a like a grade 7 class so there are basically like six periods throughout the day so as long as by the end of the the placement I'm teaching three periods a day it's like that's great um, my associate teacher basically my boss is like one of the kindest and most down-to-earth teachers I've ever met. Um, they're so exciting. I'm so excited to work with them. The other great like seven teacher um, that's like super close, uh, like right right next door. They're amazing. Uh, they're also like uh, a French teacher, and it's just like I get to sit in the French class is uh, our prep period, so I get just get to watch them teach French, and it's like amazing. Um, because it's like, oh, I remember doing this. And then, so the students we have as well, they're all like, I feel like I've cheated. Every student is, is, is like understandable and nice um, for the most part. Um, like even if they are acting out or like they're talking too much and stuff, like they know that they're doing it. It's not like, it's not like they, they're, they're actively trying to be annoying or trying to be like uh, disruptive. As soon as you say something, they're like, yeah, I was being annoying, but like, I know it's annoying. So you asking me to stop is not like, this is not a problem. Like, I know mm -hmm. I was doing it. That's, mm -hmm. that's, it's like, that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, and like, I just, it's just really good. I taught like math a couple of days ago and it didn't go too well. And then I taught, um, wait, no, today's only Thursday. I taught math yesterday. And it didn't go that well. And then, like, I figured out what I needed to do. And I, I used the, my associate teacher as, like, a sounding board for everything. And she, like, they're, they're, they're basically just like, yeah, this sounds great. This sounds amazing. Um, I would do, like, this, this, and this instead. But, like, otherwise it sounds great. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's so fulfilling. It, it's just great to know that 
I decided I wanted to be a teacher because I saw you doing it. Mm-hmm. And like secondhand, I saw you do all the work for it. And I was like, yeah, it seems good. And then I, mm-hmm. I'm in it. And it's like, yeah, this is working out. And I know like I will eventually have like awful, 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 terrible, terrible classes and students and whatnot. And there'll be more challenges. And I still have like the, the week is almost over. I still have five weeks to go. And I have lots of work to do. I got a plan for next week. I have to do like, uh, we have to do like student observations. And I understand the concept of it because as a teacher, you just got to like follow your students, uh, like watch their progress and figure out where they need help. And it's like, I get it. I don't, I've got a lot of work to do right now, but I guess I'll do that too. But uh, I'm just so excited. It's so fulfilling. And I'm also teaching science. And science is like my science are my teachables it's physics and biology but i'm teaching math because it's like it's close enough to physics i'll figure it out Uh, especially for like lower grades and i'm just having such a good time i was showing a bunch of bill nye videos we did like a game in class and everybody was excited like i can note i can tell when things are getting a little boring and i'm like reacting to it uh, there was a point, I think, I can't remember why they started talking about age, and they were, like, trying to guess my age, and it was, like, one, a couple people were saying I was, like, 19 or 20, a couple people were saying, like, upwards of 35, and I was, like, I'm 30, I was born in 91, and they were, like, you act like you're 20, and I was, like, hell yeah, I do, no, nothing matters, and then I was, like, why don't, why, why aren't none of your hair's colored, what's going on, this is the perfect, nothing matters, what's going on? And it was just, like, they're, they're just really receptive to me, and it feels really good. Teaching is pretty great right now. And I absolutely lucked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just having a really good time. Yeah. And I think it's really worthwhile. And it, it's been super good because I, I've literally had the opportunity to, like, work with this associate teacher. Um, they're helping me, not, like, every step of the way, because I specifically, they were like, hey, if you want things, I was like, great. Give me your resources, but I'm going to do them. I'm going to figure it out. Uh-huh. And then I just go back to them whenever whenever I'm like, does this sound right? And they're like, yeah, it sounds great. Oh, and it was amazing because we were there. They have a unit that they're doing in science, um, just like a unit about heat. So it's all different forms of heat and like how it affects like the world, I guess. Um, and for some reason, a part of this unit is just like rocks and like how heat affects rocks. So they go into like the rock cycle and how the different types of rocks and things like that. Um, and they were pretty receptive to that. And, um, I showed a video, like a simulation showing the, the tectonic plates, which are basically like the land masses on earth and how they like were like maybe 500 million years ago and how they like came together into the continent that continents that they are today and I finished that video and then everyone was like oh that's really cool and I was like yeah see where you can let me know like shout out when you think you can see or recognize the continents and it was like maybe like 150 million years ago they were like there it is and I was like yeah then we got to the end of it and I was about to move on and the teacher was like can we watch that again I've never seen this before and it was like it was just so exciting that you know I'm I'm teaching them something and they're they're getting really excited I, I brought up an experiment that I wanted to do I know that I could figure this out but because of the timing I'd have to figure this out by Tuesday and I can't do that um, but the end of like the rocks is talking about minerals and crystals minerals are just like pure form of like rocks like 
like it's like rocks are basically just like everything mixed together and you just had a rock and then a mineral mineral is like a pure form of whatever i don't know mineral you're talking about but crystals form because um they can form naturally in nature uh but typically you can kind of make your own crystals by creating like a liquid of a mineral and then allowing that to dry it like specific uh well it may be dry but maybe like cool down so allowing it to solidify at certain temperatures it, it uh this uh, the the material itself the particles want to attach to each other in a specific way uh, and you get really cool crazy shapes with bismuth bismuth is like this really light metal um that can melt on like from the the heat of a stove so it can melt in like 20 minutes and then within like a minute or two it'll start to crystallize after you take it off the heat um, and the way it crystallizes it, it normally crystallizes in in like cubes it does like squares and like lattices and like almost like staircase uh, squares please look up bismuth crystals they're absolutely buck wild uh, but and then the best part is that when they oxidize in the air they become iridescent and I wanted to do this experiment for these students and like the teacher was losing their mind. They were like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. Let me ask the, the science teacher what they have. And they are like, oh, we don't have bismuth, but like you could do something similar with borax. So I might end up doing that. But yeah, I'm just really excited. I know like being an actual teacher is a lot more work and, um, but like so far my experience has been A plus. And I'm just really excited to continue. That's awesome. Yeah. It's also really great because you're so excited about it. I feel like the students really pick up on that. And it's just like they are more excited about their learning because you're so excited to be there. And so it's kind of like reciprocal in that way too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. And like even after my lessons today, the, the associate teacher was like, hey, you're, you're like, they were trying to be as unbiased as possible. And I don't want to put words in their mouth or like. Uh, I guess a tone, but like they were like super impressed. They were like, you know, you had basically a full PowerPoint for my science lesson, and they—I don't think they do that because they—they they have so much on their plate. And it's like, let me just get the content out. And the fact that I prepared like a small PowerPoint—it took me like ten minutes to figure out. And they, and they were like, I, I'm so like thankful that you did that. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'll, I guess I'll do that for everything for the most part. Uh, and they were super stoked that, you know, the math I was teaching, I was teaching about fractions and most of the students were getting it. And even the students that were struggling were like super stoked to try. Like they were really excited to try. And a lot of them, like even the ones that, um, there's one student that doesn't like, I don't know what it is. They, I feel like every time they attempt something, if they don't get it right away or they don't understand it, they don't want to do it anymore. But they're so close. Every time, they're so close. Mm-hmm. Um, and even they were, like, trying, which was great. They they ended up stopped trying after a while. But it was like, you're doing it, buddy. You're doing it. This is great. And, uh, yeah. I really hope this feeling lasts because yeah. teaching. Teaching is great. Hopefully. I mean, please don't be a teacher if you don't feel, like any kind of similar it's fine if you don't feel the same but like you have to really love what you do and i'm lear- like i kind of i knew that secondhand but like now being here most of the materials in the class my associate teacher has bought themselves which is like an absolute nightmare it's not like super expensive but like excessive amount of pencil crayons or like or like some 
whiteboard markers that some of the children go through. It's like some of that she just has to replace herself. Mm-hmm. And it's like this is this sucks. Yeah. You really have to want to do it, and they do. Like they've been teaching for like 16 years. They've been on. I think they've been on like contract for like close to a decade or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like this is so great. Yeah, and like. They were even stoked. They were like, I'm learning things from you. Now I want to do some of the things you were doing. And I was like, I just started. <sighs> so yeah, I'm going to be a teacher. Hopefully I teach some good teaching. Woo! And I really like it. Oop, you kicked the table. <laughs> I did. But yeah, what's, uh, what's your thing? My thing's dinosaurs. Sound effects. Uh, sorry. Sound- <laughs> My thing's sound effects. <laughs> that is that is not anywhere close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not doing a T-Rex. I'm doing my own sound effect. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's, That's a, a goat. goat. <laughs> <laughs> what about thing? this sound effect? Hi, Mario. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't bring. Won't bring Toad. Um, so I was going to talk about something else, uh, but I'm really fascinated now by By bologna? Yes! (laughs) (laughs) You were, like, researching so feverently, and I was like, what's going on? Yeah, okay. Because... So tell me about, yeah, tell me about bologna. Because, as I said, I wasn't lying, Brennan. Okay. Wait, what? Bologna existed 2,000 years ago and it fed the Roman army. It literally says that in this article. Oh, uh, uh, it, how, it existed how, in Rome. How reputable is this article, Melissa? It was on Bologna's Museo Civico Archaeologico I don't know what that means. Okay. It's in a museum and it talks about it. I feel like it's on like a tablet or something. Stone tablets. Okay, okay. That talk about them eating Bologna. So anyway, it did exist in the Roman times, so. Okay. Pretty, pretty neat. Is that all? To guess that. No. Um, essentially, the actual meat, the mortadella, which is the um, meat that bologna is derived from, um, this like article is, just has this little thing. That this mortadella is a thing of such respect in Italy that counterfeiters were once tortured for selling fake versions. Oh, dang. And now, Bologna is uh, such a weird, weird thing in America or, like, Canadian culture. Like, I feel like it's been bastardized. Yeah, but in Italy, yeah, it has... Like, this is saying that it has the same reverence as fine prosciutto. Prosciutto. How do you say that? Prosciutto? Prosciutto. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Um, with top specimens, specimens, fetching up to 20 euros per kilo. Jesus. Yeah. Um, why did I say that like that? Why didn't you stop me? I don't know. <laughs> but it's seasoned delicately, made of lean pork, speckled with lumps of lard, which is a far cry from the stuff found in the deli aisles of American supermarkets. Yeah, because ours is literally like chicken turkey ham. Like, hopefully they're more of one than the other. Maybe it's equal. What's going on? What was that face? Today, mortadella is ubiquitous in Bologna. 
It's whipped into a savory mousse. What? Yeah, that was the first thing I read. Pretty nice. Actually, I'm pretty sure I've heard about that, and I immediately ejected it from my brain yeah. after I heard about that, but uh, continue. Ground into meatballs. Sounds all right. That's good. Grilled with aged balsamic vinegar. Also sounds good. Good. Stuffed into tortellini. Yep. And piled into... Piled into. Piled into nothing. Nice. Excellent. Piled. So let's talk about that moose. Well, okay. Let me look up a picture. Bologna moose. I'm going to regret looking this up. I also am going to regret asking about this, but you brought this up, so. Let me see. Um, oh, this sucks. Oh, this is awful. Uh, yeah. Don't look at that. <laughs> this is about stuff we like. Yeah. I like talking about Bologna. Now I have to say it that way. Bologna. Yeah. But I don't want to look at that at all, ever. Yeah, let me see here. Excuse me. Okay. Um, I'm just looking at the recipe. For the moose, eh? Yeah. We're really deep diving so into this one. So you need mortadella. Yep. About two to three slices, cut a little thicker. Mixed cow's milk ricotta. Never sheep's milk ricotta. Specifically says that. Nuts. Don't you dare put sheep's <laughs> milk ricotta in my moose. And my meat mousse. Oh. <laughs> Parmesan cheese and whole milk and heavy cream to taste. Directions. Put on your apron. A requirement. I hate this website. A requirement is an apron. <laughs> Prepare the ingredients. Weigh and keep aside the liquid cream that you will add at the end. I always add a little bit. If you want to go overboard, whip 30 grams of liquid cream and once it's whipped, Add it to the froth. Yikes. Blend all the ingredients until you have a smooth, mousse-like texture. Keep the mortadella mousse in the refrigerator until ready to serve, and do not prepare it too far in advance. Don't do that. So it's, it's literally just like, hey, bad. blend everything together. Just, that's it. Wear that apron. Blend. Done. Uh-huh. All right. Add some cream. That'll make it tasty. I and so the problem with things like this is that I believe that it's tasty. I I want to die not knowing this information. I I would love it if I if I died and on my deathbed someone had brought me moose and I was like no thanks, none for me. Yeah, but you wouldn't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Well, and I'd why be happy would you about say it. No thanks. Because I don't You're want like, it. Here's some moose. Yeah, and I'd be like, it's no. Strawberry. <laughs> and you'd be like, mm. <laughs> I actually don't like moose that much, so I don't think I'd accept strawberry and moose. You'd be like, tastes like beef. <laughs> <laughs> Pork. And then you'd die. <laughs> I was referencing that kid who's like, I smell like beef. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is that a vine? Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, it's pretty good. Um. Okay. In the Middle Ages, okay. roughly 10,000 people, a quarter of the city's population, were involved in a, 
in its production of, of baloney. How many people? 10,000. That's too many people. How many people is it now? It's probably more, but like that's how population works. But like, what's not now? I want to know like the percentage of people that work on Bologna and like whatever in Bologna, 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 Bologna. What? What? You know the G is silent. Bologna. <laughs> <laughs> to protecting the integrity of their products. A literal guild? Yeah. Found in 1242, the organization was once so powerful that its symbol was a part of the official city crest. In 1661, the papacy officially laid down the legal definition of mortadella, threatening dire consequences for those who dared to go against the guild. That's like beer in Germany, right? Like there's a purity law? Yeah. What's going on with Bologna? Because it is so difficult to cook it and difficult to cut it finely, so it required a lot of patience and skill. Apparently, that's what it says here. I, I feel like in real life that makes sense, but like, well, obviously bologna is not the same. This yeah, is bologna like is just garbage. Mortadella, but like, yeah, but it derived from that. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I want to know what happened to the like to bologna for it to come to like the west and everybody just be like let's destroy this let's so let's this... make american cheese out of this meat <laughs> so this ew <laughs> that's what they did yes yeah, true so this guy um who wrote this article or woman i don't i don't know who wrote it but this person this yeah person, yeah who wrote the article um they uh talk about um going to visit this like producer oh, oh, oh okay in italy like I immediately went to do... media and i was like no 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 someone um, making a movie and this person is determined to keeping the mortadella making traditions alive and to preserve the history behind them he shows me the copy so this is from the author's perspective not gotcha. me yeah, myself i've never seen this copy obviously he shows me the copy of a decree from 1720 framed on his wall this says if you make fake mortadella without the approval of the Salaroli, which I think is the guild, okay. your body will be stretched on the rack three times, you'll be fined 200 gold coins, and all the food you make will be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> what is, okay, what is the extent of the stretching? What is, how, mu how much is two, 200 gold coins today? Like, I need to know this information. It's a lot. I think. Uh, right? Based on my knowledge. <laughs> of gold? Of, or money? Of money? I, I feel like that's a lot. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, that's in 1720. And if, I it's, know, like, if like, it's literal gold, too, like, that's nuts. Yeah. Or, like, I, I know that, like, in England, like, as far as pounds go, yeah. like, 200 pounds was a lot of money. Okay. So, I don't know what the conversion rate is. Did they, did they, like... Did they use proper gold coins or did they gold plate coins? Do you know that? No. Okay. That could be another show. Could be another show. Could be another show. <sighs> anyway, I I just find this history very fascinating. I mean, we've kind of gone away from baloney in its current form. Oh yeah. Um, but it's an interesting uh, history. 
Uh, yeah, no, that sounds. Uh, that's actually very fascinating. I, I'm I'm less upset about this as as the description and the the the, the talking went on. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Interesting. The authentic name Mortadella apparently was derived from the mortar and pestle that were originally used to grind bits of pistachio and myrtle berries into the pork and lard. Hmm. Apparently, it's yeah. It got a really specific history. Um, I'm just. I wanted to figure out how it became baloney, but it's a long history of immigration and bringing stuff in. Um, oh, a particularly inexpensive version of bologna made from organ meat found great success Why? in grocery stores around this time, which I don't know what time this was. Giving birth to attitudes about bologna being an unclean food. Huh. Well, I guess, yeah, once you start doing uh, organ meat. Uh, I mean, organ meat's not bad. It's just, it's just like an awkward thing to then, like, start producing rather than, like, I guess, muscle meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess also in the late 1940s, U.S. food and plastic manufacturers arrived at a shared destination and made it possible by the explosive popularity of refrigeration. Prepackaged fresh foods hit grocery stores in new refrigerated sections, promising people a liberation of sorts from the duties of the kitchen. I guess they don't have to, like, well, yeah, any kind of refrigeration stopped cooking having to be a literal daily thing or like shopping for food a literal like two-day affair i don't know how frequent it actually was but like yeah anyway very interesting i didn't know where this started but we got to an interesting place yeah i loved it bologna b-o-l-b-o-l-o-g-n-a I thought there was a... Oh, the A's at the end. I was like, where's the A? <laughs> yeah. But apparently you can spell it N-E-Y. Yeah, but that's that's like Western bastardization. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so it. you can spell it baloney. Because it's really mortadella, but then I guess because it came from Bologna, which is like... or Bologna. Bologna. Because <laughs> it came from there, it's become baloney. But I wonder when the pronunciation changed for another day. If you feel like internet sleuthing, you can go and figure that out. Yeah. But why don't you tell us about your thing? Because we're running out of time. We got lots of time. Kind you? Of, kind of. No. We got like 10 minutes. We have 20 right? minutes. No, we don't. We have 15 minutes. Sure. <laughs> uh, so my thing... Uh, oh, God, I... Your thing's also baloney. No. Interesting. Brennan's thing is also baloney. He's going to tell us the history of Mortadella again, but from a different <laughs> perspective. From the perspective of the of the working person. How has baloney okay. shaped okay. the history okay. of America? Okay. So my thing is the thing that I basically, like I knew about, 
but I didn't really like put any effort into it, and now I'm very excited that I did. Um, so there's a gaming, there's a game produ- production studio, Jesus, um, called Hazelight Studios. Hazelight Studios, a video game development company. Why, why was, why, why was I dancing around all those words before? Um, in Sweden, its founding director is I, th- I'm gonna say, Josef Ferres. I don't know. If, I don't know if that J is supposed to be silent. Uh, but he, I believe uh, he's like Lebanese or like part Lebanese. So it could be Joseph. Um, and they're, they're the studio. So Joseph, I guess I'm going to say Joseph. I don't know. Do they got a little sound button on there? No, I was looking for that. Um, so let me see. Joseph uh, worked for a company uh, that made Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which was like uh, kind of like a, a forced co-op game. You can either play by yourself and you can switch control of the two brothers. Um, brothers. <laughs> brother. Uh, <laughs> or you can play um, together with somebody else on the same screen and, and kind of go. It was kind of like a puzzle game where you had to figure out where to go. There, it, it was a really nice story. Um, I didn't know too much about it. I just knew that it was like really nice. Um, let's see. It got oh gosh, it basically got like 80s to hot to 90s on um, like uh, as a video game rating on like Metacritic and stuff like that. Um, and then after working uh, on that game, and apparently he's done uh, a bunch of other like uh, movies. He used to work in film and stuff. Um, he uh, found, formed the company Hazelight Studios, took some people that, uh, or some other people that worked for Brothers, uh, A Tale of Two Sons came along, um, and they partnered with EA Games, so Electronic Arts. Um, and then they made the game A Way Out. Now, A Way Out is one of the better games that I've never played. It is specifically a co-op game, to the extent that when you buy it, if you want someone to play it with you, they don't have to buy it. They literally just download it, and as long as somebody owns the game, you both play. Huge deal. So good. Um, uh, a way out. It 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 it, uh, it focused on this kind of co-op gameplay, um, kind of again like a, a, a puzzle adventure game, uh, like action adventure. Um, what made you want to research this? We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I th- actually, I'm, con- I, I'm not concerned. I, I thought you'd figure it out by now. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, so it, it, it revol- so a way out revolves around Vincent Moretti, uh, a freshly incarcerated uh, individual sent to prison for fraud and murder. In jail, he meets uh, Leonard or Leo Caruso. Uh, who has now been inside for six months for grand theft, assault, and armed robbery. While in the calf, uh, a thug sent by crime boss Harvey. I don't know. <laughs> just, just what it says. Hey, guys. <laughs> crime boss Harvey here. Uh, tries to murder Leo. That's Le- the least intimidating name I've I ever know. heard. Uh, tries to murder Leo, but Vincent intervenes, where both, uh, resulting in both of them being sent to the infirmary, while the thug is beaten to death after stabbing and killing a prison guard. I guess that checks out for probably the wrong reasons, but you know. While in the infirmary, Leo requests Vincent's help to help steal a chisel from the office, and then they start like planning an escape, and like that's sure, the whole game. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, can I see a picture of this game? 
I don't know if you've seen it before. No. I really want to play it. I think it's really good. So this game came out, you could either do local split screen or like, again, play like online, but like I said. Um, and uh, it was just a really cool concept. It was super story driven based on these two characters. You got to know them. You got to like learn about who they were. Um, and I don't know if it was like a real criticism. Uh, again, this game got like high 70s, almost 80. Um, I don't know if it was a real criticism, but um, it felt like because of the darker atmosphere of this game, uh, it didn't catch like a wide variety of audience. So the next game that they are working on and is coming out at the end of March is uh, called... Guess Pardon? No. It's called It Takes Two. Oh, that's the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I watched that trailer and it looks really good, but I but <laughs> I didn't put it together. No, that, that's fair. Um, so It Takes Two is is really the topic that I wanted to talk about. I just want to give that uh, kind of backstory, specifically because Joseph uh, was, I think it was the 2014 Video Game Awards. Um, he had a little segment when they announced A Way Out, and it was really great. Please look up this little segment. Uh, he goes on, he looks dry, uh, dry, um, high or drunk. He looks either one or two or a combination. Um, while he's on the stage live in front of people, and he starts just talking about how excited he is about this game. Um, he starts, for some reason, he starts going on about how the Oscars are awful, and he starts like cussing them out live on air, uh, and everybody starts clapping. He comments on the fact that EA, as a, as a production company, um, or I guess, yeah, as EA as a company has been unfortunately well known for their microtransactions and like DLC and things like that that you have to pay for. You don't get like full games and things like that. Looking at you, Sims. <laughs> well, he was talking about Star Wars Battlefront 2 and at that time, um, in order to unlock everything in the game without paying for it, you had to play like 140 something hours. And it was like absolutely ridiculous. And then buying, like, it, it was, it was, no, it was even longer. It was something very, very wild. Um, so he like made a comment about that. Everybody was going wild because that's the company that he basically works for. But they gave him a lot of creative rights. And like almost as soon as the game is like paid for, they recoup their, their investment. All the profit basically went to their team. So like, even though he's basically stated that EA is kind of like a crap company, they did well by him. Um, and there is room for that kind of growth and development in gaming. And he was like really excited. And he basically ends this like talk about a way out that even if everybody in the world hates this game, he says that I, I will be proud for what I put out because it's what I wanted to put out and what like his team wanted to put out. And that kind of energy got me so excited for It Takes Two. Uh, it Takes Two, please look up the trailer for it. It looks absolutely beautiful and cute and amazing. Um, in the game, the players control an estranged couple named Cody and May, who are converted into dolls by a magic spell. The two must work together with the assistance of a magical book character named Dr. Hakim uh, in order to fix their relationship and return to the real world. When you look at this trailer, you're going to see like, oh, it's like kind of like a real-time strategy game and then you're like oh it's like an adventure action game and then all of a sudden they're like skiing down a hill yeah. and then there's like a side scroller like jumping yeah it looks puzzle. like a series of really fun mini games yeah and like I, even if it is mini games i will i am so down for that 
but like the comedy of it um and like the, the whole story looks like really good yeah like the whole premise deep. i was watching the video and i looked up at my friend who was like who told me about it uh, when i was working at ev games and i was like oh, i'm feeling so many things now this is a lot yeah. i just wanted to i just wanted to play a good fun game and he was like yeah yeah i know and i was like oh god okay mm-hmm. um and yeah, me and Melissa are playing Little Nightmares 2 right now, and it's very spooky and scary, but the fact that I can go buy uh, It Takes Two on, like, my PlayStation, and then she doesn't have to buy it, she just gets to play, and we both get to play on our own screens without having to share Oh, a it works on that, too. Yeah! Oh, it's cool. insane! I'm so excited! And I just, I, I know, it's just... <laughs> I just mean the... I know. I apologize. It's okay. But, uh, yeah, I just... Uh, please look up a trailer for It Takes Two. Um, it it's... takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make an asset. Um, That's all the time we have. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's on the loop tape at EB Games right now, and it's just... It's just so goofy and so fun, and, like, the acting seems really good. Um... And yeah, I just kind of went down like a mini rabbit hole about Joseph Ferez. Uh, and I was like, oh, this guy, this guy rocks. This guy is amazing. Hopefully, like, wholeheartedly they are. But from what I've seen in every interview that I, like, looked up uh, subsequently, it's like, yeah, this guy just doesn't care. He's just so excited to make his own stuff. And he does. And because of the success that he's had, like, the, EA is like, yeah, just do it. It's fine. Like, you've had success. It works. Like, go for it. Not everybody gets this chance. And he's like, yup. Um, so, yeah, I'm just really excited about It Takes Two. Please look up uh, the trailer for it. Please look up interviews uh, of Joseph Ferres and, and, like, him at the Video Game Awards in 2014, I think. <sighs> it's really good. Yeah. What's your, what's your second thing? Um... Well, I was just going to talk about Little Nightmares 2 a bit. Just Do it. Or Little Nightmares in general. Yeah, it's a it's an absolutely it's a nightmare. It's a it's a terif- it's one of the most terrifying games I've ever played and it's not it's not like jump scary or like gory or violent. Please talk about it cuz I don't want to take your thing. Yeah, it's just a really spooky game. Brendan and I started playing it together because uh I don't know. I feel like well Brendan had it and he played Little Nightmares before the first one yeah and i had never played it but i saw like a video about it and i was like whoa this is really cool and i always knew i would like it yeah but it's very much like my style aesthetic creepy monsters that are like not as you said like not gory but it's just like uncanny valley and it's just horrifying it's just like these monsters that are so yeah clearly not human um, but, but they're so close. Yeah, it's it's really it's really spooky in the way that they're distorted and uh, the way that they interact with your character is really really scary. Yeah, it's very yuck. <laughs> they're always chasing you. Um, there's this one guy who's like the janitor or caretaker. I don't know what his role is. The foldy faced guy. Yeah, I think they called him the jailer because of what he oh, did. The jailer. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that guy, he's got really long arms. And that stretch. Yeah, but he's also blind, but he can hear really well. So you can, like, if you move too fast and you make a sound, he'll, like, chase you, but also just, like, grab you with his long, spidery arms. And it's really scary. The chef is um another like kind of um 
villain you've got to get by. And he's just this real spooky man who's clearly wearing a mask. And every time he sees you, he just chases you. And he squeals. Like he squeals. He's squealing, yeah. Um, and you, it's very unsettling. We didn't get to it because we didn't get caught a lot or specifically at certain moments. But if he catches you as well, he'll like stuff you into a fish. Yeah, or, we did that. Oh, you did get stuffed yeah. into the fish. So he'll sometimes put you into like the pot of soup as well. Yeah, horrible. Or it's like he, he could put you into the oven too. It's awful. Oh, I think the absolute worst one so far is the teacher though. Yes. I don't know if you agree. From Little Nightmares 2, there's this teacher that has a head, her neck stretchy, so her neck, like, extends to follow you. And there's this one part where you're going through vents, and her head just coming through the vents at you. Yeah, it's the worst. And it is the worst thing ever. It's so horrible. And she, like, grabs you with her her mouth. Yeah, like a bird, but, like, it's so wild. I hate it so much. It's very unsettling. Um... But, I mean, other than the, like, pretty clunky controls, which sometimes are annoying in the in the game itself and the perspective, which is sometimes a little bit wild, um, the puzzles in it are really fun. Yeah. Um, the, like, design of it is really beautiful. Um, the colors are really cool. The enemies are horrifying. Um, and the story is really cool as well. It kind of creates this world that's very... Um, like, you know, it is, like, you can tell that it's something that could come from, like, a child's nightmare. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, like, what's really cool about it is that it's, like, from the perspective of being a child. So everything's really spooky and big and very exaggerated. Yeah. Um, I, that's, I wanted to talk about that, but I didn't want to cut you off and you got it. You nailed it on the head. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's like it's just like a really cool um, take on that kind of horror psychological kind of thing, but it's also like super cartoony and like almost like cute in some parts. <gasps> Remember at the end of the DLC for yeah. the first game. This game's been out for a while. This isn't spoilers. We're not going to talk too much about Little Nightmares Two, especially because we're not done. At the end of the DLC. Remember when you get to that room full of the gnomes? Yeah. And it's like all cutesy? All of their shadows were children. Mm. Yeah. And I I was like looking up stuff about the story because I'm one of those people that is like, I think I understand this. I want to understand this. Yeah. Exactly how it's supposed to be. So I looked at a bunch of stuff. Like the one, the room with like the furnace and stuff and I told you to live there forever? Yeah. Yeah. All of their shadows were children. And it was like, all the drawings on the wall were childlike. And I was like, oh, this is cute. They're just trying to live. And it's like, uh-oh. No. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's not just like a one-off thing. I all did, of the I, gnomes. I figured that. No, I, I know. But it was it's like... It's like, where they come from, yeah. if not. Yeah, it's just it's just that kind of... Yeah. Yeah. A lot of children on that boat. Yeah. Anyway, uh, very spooky, very good. And, uh, yeah fun very worth it and it's fun to play with another person even though it's not multiplayer but like the story is very engaging even if you're not playing and, and there's no probably, words yeah and you probably will want to take turns because it like can get a little bit frustrating yeah like the the puzzles are really great but sometimes because the world it's not like clear what things you can interact with it'll be like one of those like gosh i'm so i'm so stupid where like you'll you'll look at something and be like i thought i interacted with it and i didn't and then i never went back to it because i thought i covered it and then it's just yeah. like i just pulled it the wrong way yeah um 
But yeah, otherwise, other than like small hiccups like that, A plus this yeah. game. A little bit. But yeah, that's all from me, folks. Yeah, I think that's I think that's our show. Uh, I, I'm really Eat sorry. Eat your bologna and call your friends. Yeah. Uh, really sorry that we haven't made a lot of episodes, but I feel like either you listen to us one off and it's really great. Um, the last couple, <laughs> the last couple of backup shows that I kind of submitted to Trent Radio have uh, specifically been. Um, I did the one with Ali again because I really liked that episode, and, and every once in a while I try to like space it out, but I'm going to keep. Like the Paul Blart episode. Yeah, I, I, that is my favorite episode, uh, and uh, I'm sorry to everybody who is forced to listen to it if they don't want to anymore. But like, I, I promise I'll space it out. But like, that's that's my go-to backup episode. It's such a good episode. Um, but uh, Paul caught Mall Blart. There you go. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, thanks to everybody at Trent Radio for you know putting what? up with us. I just cracked it. Paul Blart loves bologna. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Matt Campbell for our background music. We'll see you folks later. Bye. Bye.